Live from Sisyphus Woo! Brewing. Yeah! Yeah, we this love you guys. Is... You guys are the best. We love your show. <laughs> yeah, you guys are the best podcast hey, in the world. Please, please, can we get security to stop the crowd from rushing the stage? Mike, I'm staying at the Embassy Suites. Uh, All right, <laughs> let's stop throwing keys up to Pastor Dave, please. Oh, oh everyone, it's great. Man, what a... What a crowd. It's great what? to be here tonight on April, Wednesday, April 11th, 7 p.m. at Sisyphus Brewing. Boy, oh boy. It's, it, oh, wow, the crowd went really silent there all of a sudden. <laughs> a pin drop, you could hear They're it. hanging on our every word. Yeah. Well, welcome, people. This is, that little bit of theater aside, this is Like Trees Walking. I am Michael J. Nelson. I'm uh, David Berge, the Reverend uh, David Berge. You probably guessed by now that we're not live at Sisyphus Brewing. We're sadly back in the studio. We 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 were live. At we Sis- were we, we were, were live at Sisyphus Brewing. Uh, and the show, if I don't say so myself, was fantastic. We sold out the A room. Great success. Met people from all over this oh, great land of ours. Oh, people came from all around. There was someone who came all the way from Chicago for this show. I mean, that's right. That was yeah. super cool. And. Uh, like the if and again, I mean, especially our part, Mike. You know, I mean, you and Connor were great, but we, you and I, we killed. Oh, we it was slayed. It's like when uh, way back in the day in college, a friend of mine had gone to see Ario Speedwagon, <laughs> and <laughs> this made me laugh so hard. And then he came back, and the opening act was Canadian rocker Brian Adams. And he kind of almost had to sit us down and say, guys, you're not going to believe this. Brian Adams was better than REO Speedway. <laughs> As though he were, you know, I know that you're going to don't bum rush me. Or like, I, I don't really care for either of those guys. I fully believe you. What was the REO Speed? What is their, I, their like songs? And they? I'm going to keep on loving you. Cause it's the only yeah. th- that one okay. And then Brian Adams, he wrote basically wrote one song with like a piano thing, and then he just recreated it like seventeen times for he but, for like Robin Hood the movie oh, and stuff like you yeah. know power ballads. Oh, he where was you put your strong. fists together and you know do this. When he came on, uh, yeah, I mean, what was what was his song for Robin Hood? Everything I do, oh yeah, I do, do it for you. Boom boom. Boom, 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 big 80s drums. That's yeah. where, oh, yeah, that's, that was one of the first movies that I really remember seeing and thinking it was, like, really cool. Um, <laughs> that really? Yeah, oh. What year was that movie? God, that was in the... I thought it was... Early 90s. Ni- well, Mike, I, I thought it was 90s. Classic 90s. A classic <laughs> 90s movie? Let's look it up. Ro- Robin Hood. I'll introduce while you look that up. Please. Uh, yeah. This is the podcast where we talk oh. about the big issues of life. Uh, life, death, ethics, uh, morality, uh, God, man, our place together, the big things that we all have to deal with. We do this from a Christian perspective, but we welcome all points of view. Uh, we'd ask that you not rush the stage here at the... No, we're not live. We're not live. <laughs> the uh, um, Robin Hood came out in 1991, so I was oh, okay. like... I was like nine, That's, you know, 91 was, nine was still old. the 80s. Yes, Can I, yeah. They hadn't turned... When did the 80s end? I'm going to say like 92 or 3-ish, yeah. you know, kind of like the 70s didn't end in 80. They went in, they bled into like 81 yeah. and stuff. There were still 70s going on. And when you say what the podcast about, it made me think of Minnesota's own Bob Dylan in 
Maggie's farm when he says, eh, talking about man and God and war ain't gonna work on for Maggie's pa no more. So that's kind of what that was a classic about. 80s reference, too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so yes, the recording, uh, unfortunately, things just didn't quite work out with that. Um, it, you know, uh, it's lost to the mist of times for those who were there. We're thank you for coming out. And uh, we don't. Yeah, we there are no mea culpas to dish out. It's just one of those things that happens. I would like to use. I used it in uh, we, uh, we re-recorded the other podcast that was live that night. Uh, Three hundred seventy-two pages. And I said at the beginning of that. Let's just use the Nixonian term. Mistakes were made, and then move on. Where there's no subject to the. <laughs> Who made the mistake? The, the passive verb. <laughs> the very passive I love language. The passive voice. Mistakes were made. The, the Minnesota version of the passive voice is the passive aggressive voice. Yes. So, but it was great. I mean, Connor Lestoka, for a, who you know you work with on Rift Tracks, and and who is uh, you know your co-host for 372 pages. He came out. It was great. I mean, it was great to meet him. I know he sold a bunch of books, like you know, and um, and we, he couldn't have been prouder to uh, people who have no idea what we're talking about. We we also do a podcast on the the book um well the Ernest Klein Oove, Ready Player yeah. One, the movie. But in that there was a uh scene, a very brief scene of a Battle Toads, which is a Nintendo game <laughs> that Connor <laughs> a, apparently obsessed on. I remember that so game. he did uh he forced into the show a a Battle Toads sketch that I, I've never seen the guy happier than he was able to do that to a captive audience. And we recreated that if this doesn't make you listen to our other podcast, we recreated that, and I think it went on for 18 minutes, if my <laughs> no, counter... are you serious? So an 18-minute Battletoad and sketch it, is... It uh, felt um, that long when you were watching it. Hey, I was show. trying to pull the, the, the no, shoot I know on you that. Are. And I was loving it. Oh, yeah. I was loving every minute. I was sitting in the back, you know, because I've listened to you. I've read the book. And I, you know I, the Battletoads. I know the Battletoads. Which so the I do whole not. Thing, so. Oh, yeah. I was oh I was loving every second of that. So I I appreciated it even if there were you know some cricket sounds coming from the audience but I, that's part of the fun of of doing something live is Oh, absolutely. Is what the, and the audience was I mean for the whole thing was really receptive. It was really really fun. So we'll do our best to we can't capture the same magic but no. we'll hit some of the same points in the content. I think it's still worth doing with America's white hot well a few weeks ago a but a few weeks ago <laughs> and it ended up not being quite the blockbuster they hoped. But there it is. It was a big hit. And people, I, I still am surprised at how many people I know kind of in my life who are like, oh, yeah, I saw, oh, yeah, I saw the movie. And yo, someone I know, I found out like secondhand from someone like I was telling him about the live podcast. And he's like, I was just talking to my brother who is someone, this brother is someone who I know and think is cool and like smart. And he's like, he told me I need to read, I need to read that book. And I was like, well, uh, <laughs> I was like, can I recommend a companion that you listen to? As you're reading the book. So it's just, again, it's astounding. You know, it's all taste. It's all in good fun. But, uh, but we, you know, we're going we're gonna to touch on some points from the Ernst Klein universe because I think it does touch on some of our universal themes and, and, and broader cultural currents that yes. we see. And uh, in the second half of the show, I have prepared for you. I don't remember that we've done this before, but this will be different anyway. But did we ever do an atheist quiz? Because we're going to... No, we didn't. We're going to quiz you Ooh. on your knowledge of famous atheists that the audience can play along with. That's in the second half. But that's tipping our hand on what we're about to talk about as our big topic today. Uh, so go ahead, dive in, Pastor... All right, so the big topic that we brought up at, at the live show, of course, dealing with Ready Player One. And so this comes very on um, 
in in the book version. It surprisingly, did not make that Spielberg did not choose to include this. <laughs> in, in he he knows uh, crowd pleasers and uh, crowd downers, I guess. Yeah. So and so, but very, I mean, f- shockingly early in the book. Um, so there's like there's the preface, and then the uh, then there's the first chapter, probably three pages, t- two three pages tops, and in, into the first chapter, he's talking about describing this world. The, the main character is this character named Wade Watts, and you know the premise of the book is this giant uh, treasure hunt to find something in a virtual video game in order to win a lot of money and control of this virtual world that everyone participates in. And so he's like, yeah, you know, he's talking about how bad the world, you know, the world is horrible, pestilence, famine, you know, uh, mushroom clouds, uh, rampant poverty, you know, everything's horrible in, in the world. It's it's a hellscape. And then he talks about how, you know, he also was a nerd, and so going to school was terrible. So he was able to actually end up going to school in this virtual world, the Oasis, in which, you know, it's kind of like a you just think of a virtual Wikipedia for school, like the full sum of human knowledge is in the school. And so he's like, it's there that, you know, as he began to explore all these infinite resources of human learning to that point that he discovered the truth. And though he doesn't put it in like a capital, you know, T, the truth, but he's like, I found out the truth. And he gives us that truth uh, in, I don't know, three, four paragraphs. So if you are looking for a brief summary of truth, because, you know, like in when when Pilate asks Jesus, what is truth? What is the truth? Yes. This uh, Ernest Klein has the answer for you that man has been seeking in his three paragraphs briefly in Ready Player One. And what does he say the truth is? As I want to do, I'll uh, I'll tap dance before I get to that by saying that, that, you know, you could say immediately could go, well, this is just what the character is saying. You know, this is not necessarily the author's voice. Oh, yeah, of course. You have to. This, he's creating a character. But look, if you know the Kleinverse, you know that his characters are all him. They're so- they're j- he's just sock puppeting. Any character that use, like references 80s pop culture and you know nerd kind of nerd culture, geek culture is an just a total sock puppet for himself. That's what actually makes telling these characters like they're not any. Most of the main characters are no different from no, one another no, at he, all. In his follow-up book Armada, he goes to. The moon where his father, who he thought dead, was there with three other guys who were like on the vanguard of protecting Earth from these invading aliens. So these are hardened military guys. He gets there and meets them. They're all playing Dungeons and Dragons (laughs) and watching classic 80s movies and eating Doritos. I kid you not. (laughs) These are our top military men. Uh, so yeah, every character is himself. Is so Ernest Klein? Yeah, so, so this is the this is the Klein voice. And yeah, if you if you've seen any of his, uh, I, I don't recommend this, but if you go to YouTube and Ernest Klein spoken word, uh, he has this one called Dance Monkeys Dance, which to me it's not the exact same content, but it's in a, it's a similar tone. This captures his tone, his derisive tone, one towards uh, organized uh, religion. You know, he's like basically, listen, I found out the truth, and the truth is, on the one hand, you know, civilization is basically in decline, like it's in it's it's nose diving and there's no way to pull up the plane so you know ecological disaster climate irreversible climate change uh you know we're we're past peak fossil fuel we're not going to have energy so all of human culture and civilization is in this you know uh irreversible decline and you know all these things that we've used to um you know palliate ourselves over the centuries this medieval dark ages mumbo jumbo fairy tales so like there's no god who made you you know human beings are just really smart 
animals. Um, you know, we're we're just jumped up monkeys, as we've we've found that phrase somewhere else. And and it, Klein would totally agree with that. You know, we're just jumped up monkeys, and so there's no creator, there's no dude in the sky named God, and you know everything's on the downward spiral. We can't get out of it. And oh, guess what? When you die, what happens? Nobody knows, but probably nothing. You just become worm food and won't be around to ask dumb questions like that. And so he's like, I wish like people had just told me the truth so I could get on with my life. And then he drops the mic. <laughs> he does. He's out of there. That's all you need to know. I should uh, add before you, you know, what's the rebuttal to this? I should add just to set the scene a little more to, uh, what do they call it? To move the furniture around a bit. He goes to school in a virtual world where his avatar actually drives to or walks to school. <laughs> and he sits in a classroom where his avatar just sits there well. An avatar teacher comes out. Yes. <laughs> so instead of just presenting the material, it's all done in a, I guess I would call it like it's an 18th century stage play of school, but he yeah. is forced to do it's, it. And it's so weird, too, because he, like, he, he at the one point, you, he's sitting, his avatar is sitting in a virtual classroom, and he's like, well, we were waiting for the bell to ring. So school is on a very strict bell schedule. <laughs> and, and then he's like, I got like a communication from a best friend H to come to his chat room. So his avatar is sitting in a virtual classroom. And while still sitting there, he is, he is summoned to another location called a chat room within the same virtual world. So he leaves his avatar. So the teacher is watching their avatars to make sure they're not cheating or not listening. So he can do a thing where he sort of makes his face just kind of yeah. freeze my face and make me sit there looking interesting while I go to a chat room. Anyway, it's madness. So this is the kind of world that he's... Anyway, this is where he absorbed his knowledge, all, all, all the, the world's knowledge. All the world's is, knowledge. And, 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 I, and I said this at the live show, but I saw it. Man, like this is like you have the wealth of all the world's learning. I mean, you know, centuries of of philosophy and history and and science and like, man, that's what you got out of it. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, like like you can read Thomas Aquinas and you can read Augustine and you can read Luther and Calvin and Bonhoeffer uh, and you know Martin Luther King Jr. Like you you are exposed to all of these you know giants of of history. And uh, which includes, you know, like theological figures, whether you whether you agree with them or not, you know, you at least go like, man, it's all it's all BS. You know, it's just like uh, to me, it's just a very impoverished view of human life and culture. And it isn't. I mean, the Kleinverse isn't a very impoverished view of culture because everything that's awesome is just derivative. It's like post 1980 on and at 1980 to 1989 this very small sliver of culture is what it's all about and i just go man this is a very sad narrow view of the world yeah because he never even references the things that uh he doesn't get specific about anything and granted that's not what the book is about but then my response to that would be well then why is, why this is it in there here? it has nothing <laughs> to do with yeah it has nothing to do with the plot it just does nothing it's this like it's this stupid signaling i guess to his audience like i'm the i'm with you guys like i think this stuff is dumb too if it had been woven in if there was another character in it well there is a religious woman but she is <laughs> she's on like two pages <laughs> mrs g which is funny is that's not even the thing is she the one that prompts his response to it like he doesn't d address her directly like she doesn't get to say you know, to the character who espouses this, you know, God is dead. There was no God. You're all fools. 
she doesn't even get to say now, you know, maybe someday you'll go through some things that will make you. <laughs> no, there's mm. not even that. Like, where then he at the end of the book, like maybe it's time to take a look at this or something. Nope, it's just sort of laid in there. Boom, you go over it like a speed bump and go, what was that about? That almost tore my muffler off. But you never hear from it. <laughs> the speed bump. No, again, you never. You know? And and so he's like, yeah, this Mrs. G, she's a religious character, spends a lot of her time in a like these virtual mega churches, and um. And it's like she would always say, like, I'm praying, I'm praying for you. Wait, and he's like, I didn't have the heart to tell this woman oh, that yeah, it's all yeah. a crop. You know, that's the only like that's I guess the only payoff for that, you know, fairly lengthy section at the begin very beginning of the book. Like it's it's very jarring. And then his relationship to Mrs. G, who I posit is the only uh she's like the only character with any redeeming qualities in the entire book i mean she's the only likable character and she's barely in it (laughs) what's funny i forgot about that that she that he says to her i didn't have the heart to tell her and it just made me laugh like very strong christian woman who's (laughs) trained and is going to church all the time she's probably not going to be worried about the uh the lame atheistic screeds of an 18 year old you know who's climbing on the roof one day like i don't have the heart to tell you your religion's a lie (laughs) she's not going to go Oh no! Oh, I'm devastated. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> We're just monkeys. Oh, well, I've wasted my life. Like so, I'm sure she would have been fine if she he had said that. that way. It's 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 very funny. But and he does acknowledge in that point. He's like, yeah, his sort of his relationship to the oasis. It, there's a there's a small acknowledgement and this treasure hunt that gives his life meaning and purpose. He's like, yeah, there's an acknowledgement that that is religious in and of itself. And so he goes like, yeah, I guess people who live in glass houses should shut the up. Um, it's his very Kleinian humor, his go blank a duck like yeah, this. Uh, yeah. Humor. <laughs> humor has heavy, heavy scare quotes around it. So yeah, I mean, just on the one hand, it's like, man, like this is a very... I'm sad for you that, that not that you are not a, a, a believer, but that um, your posture towards uh, towards theology and belief is just so like, well, that's just superstition and fairy tales, and and not understanding that these are massive questions of of human existence. I, we we are in this group called the Chestertonians. We're reading this book right now, uh, which is pay, it's paying off more and more, Mike. The deeper we get oh, into yeah, it, exactly. um, the everlasting man. And um, but at the beginning of it, he talks about you know uh, like. He, he's talking about, he's responding to this book, a, a, a book length, kind of very naturalistic, materialistic, um, you know, atheist assumptions behind it by H.G. Wells. And, uh, and, and, and Chesterton's point is, is that, man, there are these massive questions that any history can't even begin to address uh, of, you know, why, why is there something rather than nothing? And, you know, uh, how did life emerge from non-life, you know, or the organic from the inorganic? And, and last of all, like, how did a creature like a human being who is yeah i mean uh, we are an animal uh you can grant klein that but uh, he's like he's like if you saw like a bird um and it wasn't just building a nest but it was building a cathedral you wouldn't be like oh that's just a really clever bird it's almost it's like a categorically different type of creature so he's like yeah how did this categorically different type of animal arise from within this you know it's not that uh, he makes this joke which is so great it's like it's not that you know uh the the sort of human ancestors, whatever the primate ancestors might be, like 
painted badly, painted a horse badly and a human being painted it good. You know, it's like, no, like the notion, the very notion uh, of them painting is, is, is absurd. And so there's, there's something genuinely unique, unique about this creature called man and Klein and in Klein, even in his, all he betrays himself in this dance monkeys dance. He's like, we're just monkeys, monkeys who like see psychiatrists and do nuclear fission. It's like, well, no, that's not just a monkey, man. Yeah, and always there's the lurking in the background is sort of a, you know, the suicide statement of we're all just monkeys. It's all right, shut up, monkey. I don't want to listen to you. Your ideas are that of a, a monkey. And so they're not worth hearing. Uh, correct. So Correct. So, and so that's one response. And the other response that I would say is that it's very ironic that his own posture and his character's own posture and relationship to this virtual world in this book is it's it's hyper religious you know he this halliday is the guy who creates the virtual world he is i mean literally the god of this universe he's the creator of it and so uh wade watts obsesses over understanding this person's mind and will i mean uh like far more than any religious fanatic of probably oh, obsesses yeah. over the bible i mean he he, he you know I, I i am a regular i'm a pastor so it, i am a regular reader of script student of scripture and of theology but i don't spend 12 hours a day doing that you know i'm just gonna keep it real here yeah, uh yeah. but he's spending countless hours studying this guy's favorite pop culture and and going through this almanac that he created like it's holy writ and so it's this totally like obsessive zealous fanatical pursuit of 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 uh of his religious devotion to this figure of a, of this a, world. a man who by all accounts, even I think his own account does not warrant this either. Oh, no, I mean <laughs> this guy's just a... he's just a lunatic. But the the best thing in the movie, I don't know that it's in the book, although he definitely obsesses on him. But he obsesses on a book in it. But they turn it into a visual thing in the movie. He goes to a museum on the life of of the creator yeah. of this world, and uh, he goes to study a scene where you can kind of look in a room like a museum. You can look three sixty at part of his life and it's just a very bland scene of him sort of having a squabble with his business partner yeah, a, a, a very small fight. very small in a cafeteria within their building and he says I'm, i've watched it a thousand times and i've never seen this moment and you know klein says this stuff all the time he's seen you know brady bunch ten thousand times or whatever but he's watched it a thousand times so granting the hyperbole let's say a hundred times okay yeah a hundred times he's watched this thing that is just so boring, has no meaning. Uh, so it's just insane. He, yeah, he's obsessing more than any. It would be like you reading, uh, um, uh, you know, some t- part of the Bible that is a connective piece between two, th- just a, an adjective. And you just, I just had to, I read it. I read that adjective. 400 trillion times like it's not even meaningful it's so it's 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 absolutely crazed and and what klein doesn't touch on either is it's it's at the end there's a the very lame punchline of like you know the real world's the only thing that's real so we better spend a little more time in there and it's not this like i mean basically there's no acknowledgement that this creator of this universe is just a monster and there's no unpacking of how actually this oasis like yeah it basically it's the literally the opiate of the masses you know it's replaced religion because uh you know marx famously said not to deride religion but to say this is why it's good because it you know salves the pain of existence and we won't need it anymore in you know the dictatorship of the proletariat uh we you know we'll bring about utopia so there's no reflect there's no critical reflection on the role that the oasis has 
probably played in bringing about this completely horrific uh, situation that society's in. No, like, oh my gosh, like this man has created, you know, this is this is Doctor Frankenstein's monster, and at the end of the book, he has a button where he could turn it off and destroy it forever. He's like, well, and you're like just waiting for him to like before Halliday can even finish, like slam on the button and be like, you sir are you're you are the devil himself. You know, I would say that, yeah, that, that Halliday is as a, he's like a, he's a God type figure in that he is really, he is really a satanic figure, I yes. would say. Like completely not joking. He's this awful monster who creates this horrible world. I mean, you think about it, even the fact that this, this Wade Watts goes to, he's like, yeah, the real schools were bad, but thankfully there was the Oasis to go to. So like, what role did Halliday have? And like the, he, he had all these incentives to destroy every other human institution that wasn't right. like connected to his virtual world. So it's like, man, this stuff is so messed up, but it's not given like it's sort of like a well, what an eccentric billionaire. We better play his game. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, instead of destroying this, what, you know, even within the context of the thing, as you said, is a monstrous evil, a half measure, not even a half measure, a two sevenths measure where they shut it off on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> sort of like a, you know, like a snow day or something. Not even the weekend. Like you don't even get the weekend off, you know? Right. It's just crazy. And what I thought was, I, so I saw this movie twice. You saw it twice. Connor saw it twice. And it's so, I mean, it's the second time was so painful. It is hard. And I, but I went with my wife the second time because she had no, she had not read the book. Like she hadn't listened to the podcast. She had no idea about any and of And she's not obsessed with classic 80s. Although the movie took a, st- it did classic whatever was yeah. classic 80s. Yeah. Classic it, anything was yeah, classic. It, it really stepped back from the 80s focus. But, you know, so I just, I wanted someone who was like a blank slate on a lot, you know, on the story and everything. She's like, oh, she's like, I mean, A, she said it was very hard to pay attention to. It was very loud and hard to pay attention Super to. Super loud. And boring. And then she was like, and I was wondering why, like, she was like, the whole time I was wishing that they just, like, destroy, like, why didn't they just destroy this virtual reality simulation? Like, that seemed to be the very clear solution to many of these problems is just get rid of this thing. Yeah, work on the real world where people can bomb the stacks and kill hundreds and just sort of, like, eh, that's just what happens, you know? So so I think the Kleinoverse is... Uh, is- is a deeply flawed place, and 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 there was actually you could see like maybe the raw material for an interesting you know an interesting story uh, about like oh wow, like how all these people come to this awareness of this this contest is actually like this horrible horribly evil creation, and the real purpose of this should be to destroy it, not to get rich and win some Easter egg. But that seems to be completely beyond uh, Klein's yeah horizon. I would all. also point out that that has been done in many books and, right? and movies like, before <laughs> even things like uh running man you know as stupid as that's kind of what that was a dystopian future a thing that obviously distracts people from real problems and needs to be destroyed i mean you couldn't even do that you couldn't even do that yeah like the the ring you know in the lord of the rings like destroy it yeah but, yeah. Well, so that was that is much more far afield than what we talked about uh, in the in in the live podcast at Sisyphus itself. But uh, 
we slayed, man. We were so good there. So <laughs> we were, since it doesn't exist, oh, sure, we were so we, good. We killed stitches. I mean, people were people were like, we could, we had to stop, and people were like, beer was shooting out of people's noses onto the stage. And there was like at the premiere of the, uh, I believe it was the Firebird Suite in Paris in the twenties. Ah, yes. There was one critic just standing up while people were ripping chairs out and throwing them on stage. One just standing, saying over and over again. Genius, genius. <laughs> that was uh, that amazed me. But I thought, yeah, you're not far wrong, man. No, you're, you're right on. Very close. So, <laughs> all right. So, Eddie, that was sort of a uh, a brief refresher, a uh, a redo live show two done to tape, <laughs> and maybe someone had a. Uh, uh, you know, a pocket version of it that'll come out someday. It'll bootleg, be a bootleg yeah. that uh, it'll be, but hopefully it doesn't. And it, this just becomes part of our legend, which I think will just grow and grow as the years go on. <laughs> but, but for now, uh, let's take a break and then we'll be back with uh, Name That Atheist. Ooh, very excited. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Dave here. Thank you so much um, for all the people who have recently discovered the podcast. Uh, we appreciate it so much. And so um, I even got a someone mailed a letter to the church uh, th- who, who lives around there just saying, thank you. You know, I they're, they're the, just the type of listener we want. Someone who says, you know, I'm relatively secular, don't agree with what you guys are saying, but I find it thoughtful and, and, and entertaining and funny and engaging. And so if you are that person or that type of person, Thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, uh, you know, kindred spirits, fellow travelers. That that's what we're looking for here with this show. And so, if you could uh, rate us and review us online, so many of you have done that recently in the past uh, three weeks or so. So we really appreciate that. And you can uh, always check the uh, the episodes at uh, liketreeswalkingpod.com or now ltwpod will redirect you to that. Um, I don't know why I didn't think of that before. And you can find us on Facebook, uh, like Trees Walking, or on Twitter at ltwpod. So thank you so much for your listening, for your support, for your encouragement. Um, It means a lot to us, and we hope to keep giving you uh, more good, thoughtful episodes in the future. So let's get back to the pod and the quiz and the fun. We're back. The crowd at Sisyphus has dispersed. Oh, they've dispersed. Well, that was, yeah, they're still dispersing. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. That was a great show. You're welcome. Thank you for the um, fifth standing ovation. I'm I'm sorry that we had to have security remove you. Thank you all for coming. Oh, if only, Dave. If only they could have seen that. It was an epic night. It was. Uh, All right, so we talked about Klein's atheism in the the first half, and we're going to continue the theme of atheism. Because we welcome, I hope there are atheists I'm listening. I'm sure there's dozens of them. Yeah. I know there's a, uh, an atheist on Twitter who's not very fond of me. I just found that out today. <laughs> Which you're not on anymore, but, but people still want to make sure that you know. People still call me out. And it's and, going on. Oh, that, was, it, that was bracing to see that in the morning. It, very hateful. It matters. It matters. It matters. Uh, all right, so... Dave, you see, now you are a student. You talked about um, Klein, Klein uh, 2, Klein whatever, Klein Avatar. Yes. Going to school and neglecting to read 
the important stuff. I know that you have not neglected your duties. No, of course not. You have read the opposition. Well, I don't know if they're opposition, but uh, atheists. Let's talk atheists. Let's do it. I have here a list of famous atheists. Some of them are sort of more pop atheists. Some of them are hardcore, educated. Well, these are all educated people, but, you know, uh, professorial atheists with influence See if you can name them. I will do my I'll best. Just call out some of the facts. There are 10, I think, all of them I recognize, though I would not probably know all the details about them, but you will. Okay. So here we go. We'll just do it flash. Just I'll wow. start reading facts about them and until, I, ding, 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 until ding, ding. you can ring in and name them. Okay. All right? um, a journalist, essayist, autobiographer, world-class debater, blogger. one of Christopher the f- Hitchens. Wow. Quick. I knew you'd get that. Yes. He was uh, born in Portsmouth, England. Numerable appearances. Um, first attracted widespread attention through his blistering attacks on Mother Teresa. Yeah. Of course. What, what was the book called? Was it like some? It's like, the, like the, it wasn't pretty, like the missionary brutal, yeah. missionary <laughs> position or whatever. Yeah, it was very, it was... His brother Peter is very different. Yes, quite different. <laughs> very different. All right. Um, until his recent retirement, this man was a Lucasian professor of mathematics at the University of Cambridge, Isaac Newton's old job. Since 2009, he's been director of research at Cambridge's Center for Theoretical Cosmology. His major contribution to cosmology has been the discovery that black holes evaporate. Stephen Hawking? That is correct. The late Stephen Hawking. Did he die? He just died, like, very recently. Did he really? Yeah, oh, within the last month or so. Oh, this my is, uh, This is... April of t- 2018 when we're recording. Yeah, and like, uh, yeah, he recently died. I didn't, I've forgotten that fact, or I don't know. I wiped it out of my memory. You are correct, though. All right, next one. He's most famous, uh, is the most famous of the four horsemen of the new atheist movement. Richard Dawkins. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Just on that. He is pretty famous. He's where we got meme from. Let's see, what does he say here? Uh, He claims that human beings are gigantic, lumbering robots controlled by our selfish genes. And this is a... I I took these bios from a favorable publication, by the way, so I'm not... I don't think they're misspeaking. This is their words. All right, this guy... um, I'm going to give you a clue. He's a little bit... Is he more obscure? He's a little older, and he's probably more obscure. A native of Alabama, one of the world's foremost experts on ants, mm. emeritus university professor at Harvard University. His research on ant societies led to the publication of his seminal work, Sociobiology, the New Synthesis. Uh, in later years, he became deeply involved with the movement to save endangered species and thus preserves the... Stephen Jay Gould? No, that's mm. a good, that's a good one. Was Harvard... E.O. Wilson. Oh, E.O. Wilson. Yeah. Yep. I do how, know do you, how do you get the name E.O.? His name is Edward, but it's E.O. And I, I, I always think it's weird when people take two initials. I'll even go as far as to say J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. Just give us your names. Yeah. I, I want to call you by a name, not your initials. Uh, another one of the four horsemen of the new atheist movement, university professor of philosophy and co-director of the Center for Cognitive Studies at Tufts University. Daniel Dennett. Correct. Daniel Dennett, let's see. What else? What is his what notorious claim that your great great grandmother was a macro, a software module? He describes belief in God as a useful crutch that we have outgrown. Not me. That's I still Daniel need it. Dennett. I'll skip that guy. He's not known even to me. Um, <laughs> Who was it? Who was it? Quentin Smith. Who? I don't. I don't know him. You wouldn't have known him. No, right? I wouldn't. I. He's wouldn't. number four. He's a. 
professor of philosophy at Western Michigan in Kalamazoo. Uh, language, mind, physics, religion, and metaphysics of feeling. Mm. Uh, no, Quentin Smith? Oh, he has collaborated with prominent Christian apologist William Lane Craig. All right. He defends a form of pantheism. Mm. All right. Well, is that, then is he really an atheist if he's a, <laughs> defending know. a form of pantheism? I don't know. He describes himself as an atheist. That seems like fudging a little bit there. This guy is Emeritus Professor of Philosophy at the University of Calgary and Adjunct Professor of Philosophy at Concordia University in Montreal. Born in Denmark, he was educated in the United States. He is focused on the unintelligibility of the various concepts of God and on the naturalistic grounding of ethics. I'd like to read his... I'd like to read that. Yeah. Uh, He has been called one of the leading atheists of the century. Which century? This, the, well, the 20th, 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 21st. Yeah. I, I don't, that's not ringing any bells. Kai Nels- Nielsen. Oh, Kai Nielsen, yes. yes. I, uh, I've only read sort of responses to him. Yeah. I haven't, read, I haven't read his works. Like, I feel like him and Alvin Plantinga went back and forth or something That like could that. be, yeah. yes. Um, I have two more. This one I don't know as well, but he's, he's a little bit older, but not as old as Kai Nielsen. Emeritus Professor of Philosophy at Boston University, received a PhD in philosophy from Harvard in 62. Uh, He has written, My object is to show that atheism is a rational position and that belief in God is not. I am quite aware that atheistic beliefs are not always based on reason. My claim is that they should be. His books are Atheism, a Philosophical Justification, The Case Against Christianity, Atheism, Morality, and Meaning, The Impossibility of God, The Improbability of God, and The Cambridge Companion. There's two books. Okay. Yeah. Two books. So uh, I d- once is... you read The Impossibility of God, I don't know why you'd go and read The Improbability of God. But hey, uh, can you name him? No. Michael Martin. Mm-mm, I don't, that, I'm not familiar with that name. Okay. I know that he's taken on, uh, oh, who's the, uh, uh, there's a Catholic professor of philosophy that I think he wrote a, a book on, or a debate was published on him. Anyway, this last one's probably the most famous. We've mentioned him on this program. A number of times. Is this a program, by the way? Yes. It's a podcast, but... It's a program. Program's a very old thing, but it's programmed at a certain time and place to be put out. It's a program. It's a program. I said in our last podcast that uh, the audience... You know, is a podcast... Is it an audience? Yes. Yeah, because someone receiving... They're hearing us speak. Yeah, yeah. yes. Okay. Professor of Bioethics at Princeton University and Laureate Professor at the University of Melbourne, Australia. Oh, yeah. Is that a knife? I know. Who I, <laughs> I know. Did you get your... Uh, we, we had a good Dundee bit in our live show. Yeah, we didn't get that into... Because oh, I say... You I brought served something out. Mike, yeah. I, see, I served Mike this... Mike hates blue... I, mean, I, was, I should save that for actually... We yeah, can, right, we can make we'll that back. That. Never mind. But I know, I know who it is. Peter Singer. No? Yes, that is Peter, Peter Singer. Singer, yes. Okay. Let me give you this. This is there. This is the favorable to him. This is their description. This leads him to ascribe greater moral value to healthy adult non-human mammals than to unborn, newborn, mentally defective, and comatose humans. So there you go. There's atheism in a nutshell right there. He ascribes greater value to mammals than to unborn, newborn, mentally defective, and comatose. Newborn. So just the category of newborn. Like, oh, your your baby was born, but... Yeah, you've heard the horrible uh, joke. It used to be an old joke. Like, are there retroactive abortions? He's a 100% believer in that. Oh, man. He does. Infanticide, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. He's fully, he does not, I'm not misquoting him. 
And you can hold it says that. it right there. You can hold that position and still be in polite. The, the, you, why, you can hold the, the hallowed uh, halls of academia. You can hold the professor of bioethics at Princeton and laureate professor in Melbourne by saying that we should kill uh, children who we don't think are up to snuff, who Peter Singer doesn't think yeah. are up to snuff. Yeah. He's the decider. Anyway, there's a little tour of atheism for you. Is Pete up to snuff? I, I don't know. I don't like the looks of him. <laughs> I don't is like it, the cut of his too late? jib. <laughs> uh, no, Peter, we wish you a long, healthy, yes, happy of life. Just don't uh, ever slip into a coma there, buddy. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like it's only, it was just medically <laughs> induced for a couple. Like, like, like ah, it's, taking, it's taking a lot of resources. That is, of course, dark humor. That is what we are joking about there. But anyway, it's an important topic. I think I did okay, like, you know. I thought it was fantastic, yeah. I, I mean, I had them in front of me, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know this guy. But if you'd read me their facts, I probably would have scrambled them all up. I would have got maybe two so, or three. I would have got maybe Singer and Dawkins. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Hitch, I think you would have got Hitch. I would have got Hitch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so well done. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. And uh, uh, listen, we don't recommend you go out and read the works of Klein, but if you do, please check out... Uh, 372 and someone pages says, I have, you have to read that. Listen to 372 pages and never go back. You can refer to this podcast and you will be well equipped to... That's really, I think, the only way to make it through. Yeah. And if you are listening to this and you are just like, I will never read that guy, fear not. We will be back again very <laughs> soon and we will not talk about pop culture or Ernest Klein. We're going to talk about a big topic and we'll chew on something meaty. Meaty and good, right? Oh, yeah, that always makes mouth sounds into the microphone. You know how much I love that. (laughs) All right, everyone, thanks for listening. This has been Like uh, Trees Walking Live. It's this brewing recreated. Yeah. I love you guys. I love you. Good night, Minneapolis.